Welcome to Pop Pantheon, the podcast where we completely overanalyze the music, legacy, and cultural impact of all your favorite pop stars. I'm your host, DJ Louis XIV, and I'm a DJ, writer, and all-around pop music fanatic. I've spent my entire life and career thinking about, dissecting, and being obsessed with pop stars. Their music, their legacies, how they relate to one another, to the larger pop musical landscape, and to culture more broadly. What separates an icon from a mere superstar? Why do some careers become the soundtrack to our lives, and why do others flop? Whose work and legacy transcends time, and whose feels stuck in it? Every week on Pop Pantheon, we'll devote an entire episode to a pop icon. From titans of the genre like Beyonce and all the way down to uh, lesser titans like Nicole Scherzinger. Each episode, you'll hear a little breakdown from me and then some distinguished guests and I will chop it up about their careers, discographies, public personas, live performances, music videos, feuds, tweets, you name it. And at the end, we'll turn pop into fantasy football, make our final judgment, and place them in the official pop pantheon. So, what exactly is the pop pantheon? Well, it's a list of five tiers I've created to help sort out the world of pop stars. A definitive ranking of sorts that will be grounds for fierce debate between my pop laureate guests and I. There's some specific criteria I'll get into more as the podcast unfurls, but here's a quick summary. At the tippy top of the Pantheon, you have the Icon tier. In the Icon tier are the institutional pillars of pop music. Legends amongst legends. Gods of the genre. Artists we know by one name and whose work is embedded in the very fabric of what we think of as pop music. The Michaels, the Beyonce's. These giants have been relevant for many decades, have countless bona fide smash hit records, iconic performances, and groundbreaking visuals. They're marathon runners, transcending mere pop stardom by defying expectations, consistently keeping us engaged, and reinventing their music presentation and personas to great effect. Their influence is clear in many artists who've come after them, and they've each, in their own way, significantly shaped what we think of as pop. Now, admission to tier one is extremely exclusive, and once we decide you're in, you literally cannot get out. Tier one is the gilded prison of pop. Everyone who we place in tier one is the level of iconic where nothing they do, musically or extra musically, could change their tier one status. It's a one-way ticket to pop paradise. Next up is tier two, the megastar tier. These are the artists that are a small step below our icons, a hair shy of being foundational to the genre. They're still huge, don't get me wrong. They're probably generationally defining even. They could likely launch arena tours, even if it's been a long time since their last hit. They have an arsenal of at least 10 to 15 very recognizable smashes, numerous successful albums and eras, and are mega famous and broadly respected. They're just, for better or worse, not quite at the very pinnacle of this little kingdom I'm creating here. I can't say for certain yet, but this tier might be where your Gaga's, Janet's, and your Justin's, both Timberlake and Bieber live. We'll have to wait and see. Could these folks ascend to tier one eventually? Maybe. Most of their legacies are probably cooked because in order to be in tier two, again, a very rarefied tier, you have to have been widely successful for a very long time and your story is probably set in stone. But even if only a few of our tours ever make it to the top, everyone in tier two should be very happy to be here in tier two. Tier two, it's amazing. It's a great tier. After the megastars comes tier three, our mere superstars. This tier is twofold. First, it's for your big deal up and comers who are still early in their ascent. The Eilishes and the Grandes, if you will. 
These people are super huge in culture right now, but it's still a little too early going. We don't quite know how things will shake out for them long term. However, if these tier 3 types released a single tomorrow, even if it sucked, it would probably debut in the top 5. Secondly in tier 3, and this is going to hit hard for some of my fellow millennials out there, are many of our faves who had a big moment, maybe a few big albums, and a solid number of hits, but are clearly past their prime and have markedly receded in public consciousness. I mean this with love, but tier 3 is for the Katy Perrys of the world. Could these folks launch a successful Vegas residency, even if they're kinda... Mm, in their endless flop era? Yeah, probably. If they release a new album this year, would anyone besides their core fan base care? I don't know, ask Katy Perry how many people bought Smile on iTunes. Now we're at tier four, your working class pop stars. Like tier three, this tier has two tracks. First, it's for what you might call one album wonders, for Tato's and Abdul's. These folks probably have had one to two big records with a series of hits, but that was really it. You probably love them if you happen to be 10 to 20 years old during their moment, but if you weren't, you might not be able to pick them out of a lineup. The criteria I like to reflect on for this tier is, if it's blaringly obvious what a pop star's signature song is without much room for debate, they probably belong here in tier four. Secondly in tier four, it's your tireless crew of blue collar pop stars. The ones that keep churning out decently successful material, but never really have that major breakthrough moment. Again, not to get ahead of myself, but this is where your Gomez's, your Lovato's, and your Mendy's might live. And then, finally, we're in tier five, everyone else. Now, I might get some flack for throwing literally every single other pop star in one category, but hey, five felt like the right number of tiers to me, and it's my podcast, okay? In tier five, we've got everyone from one-hit wonders to people who've had a lot of hype and never really had a big song. We'll call them the Tanashes. And finally, most interestingly in tier five, we have what I like to call niche legends. Pop artists who are not really part of the mainstream combo, but persist with a very dedicated, often gay cult following. The Charlies and the Carlies, if you will. These are the girls who are tier one at Pride, but the uh, locals might not have any idea who they are. Some call them flops. I call most of them my faves. As traditional pop recedes from the mainstream, this group is a growing part of pop musical culture that I'm very interested in diving into on this podcast. Okay, so that's the Pantheon. Clear? Good. Not clear? Well, that's okay too. This will all make more sense as my guests and I debate all of these artists in depth. I also want to take a moment here to say that none of this is a value judgment about whose music is best, nor is it meant to be about stan wars or dragging artists for their sales figures or any of that nonsense. You better believe I personally love and stan artists in every single tier. This is simply a way to talk about how history frames these artists and their work, and a forum to get really deep on the relationship between pop music and culture writ large. So join me here starting Thursday as we unpack the music careers and legacies of each of these pop legends from the tops to the flops. New episodes will drop every other Thursday after that. You can like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so new episodes automatically appear in your feed. And also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at poppantheonpod for updates, cool graphics on the Pantheon, and much, much more. And I will see you guys soon.